listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. High five three people around you and say happy day. Happy day. Because it may not be Father's Day for them, but it's still a happy day. There you go. Happy, happy, happy day. There you go. Just want to continue today our series on detox. Detox started last Sunday. Totally pumped about this series. Believe it's going to leave you changed. Because our goal for this series is to help every one of us to realize and even expose the toxic and unhealthy things that we have allowed to pollute our lives. Because our goal is this, we still believe that you can live clean in a dirty world. We believe that you can still live clean today in 2017, that God can use you, your thoughts, your words, your life, just to bring hope to those around you. So last week we started by saying, you've got to watch for deception. So we talked about coming clean with ourselves, just looking at ourselves and, and exposing the blind spots because something about a blind spot, you try to change lanes and there could be a car that you don't see. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So just surrounding yourself with the right people and the right influences that can say, hey, Philip, there's some things in your life that need to be addressed because deception, believing a lie can take us to bad, wrong places. Wednesday night, we talked about mind games. Wow, a big problem that we have, the battlefield of our mind. The biggest problem that we have is between our ears. Come on, the biggest problem that we have is between our ears, our negative, fearful, critical, discontented thinking that can be such stumbling blocks in our lives. But Wednesday, we talked about how we've got to discern the lie. Come on, we've got to decide the direction our thoughts are going to go. And then we've got to think God-shaping thoughts that will change our lives. So instead of a stumbling block, now it's a stepping stone. And we can use that to step up into everything that God has. So today I want to talk about our mouths. Today I want to talk about lethal language is the title that I've given this message today. Why? Because the words that we say many times are lethal. They are lethal. They can have lasting impacts, not only upon our lives, but upon those around us. Look at this quote from Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa said these words. She said, words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. Wow. So our words can either what? Increase the light, build the light, speaking the truth of Christ, or we can promote the darkness of this world. So what are your words doing? Are your words light or are your words darkness? In other words, let me sum it up this way. Your words are powerful. I said your words are powerful. My words, your words are so powerful. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says these words, the tongue has the power of life 
and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The translation they got up there is the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. In other words, life and death comes from our tongue. The consequence we reap is what we speak. So if we speak life, we're going to reap... Come on, help me out. It's it's simple. Are you ready? If we speak life, we're going to reap... If we speak death, we're going to reap death. It's not good. So we're going to reap the consequences, both good and bad, determined by the content of our mouths. So what I say can either give life to people or I can take life away. And let me show you that from this scripture, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25. But at midnight, midnight, the darkest time of night, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Who was listening? Why were they listening? Paul and Silas had been proclaiming the name of God. The prisoners knew who they were. They were those preachers. They were the ones that were speaking the goodness of God. As a result of that, they, they made enemies with the religious leaders. They beat them. They persecuted them. Actually had them put in prison and said, you ain't going to do this any longer. So why were the prisoners listening? The prisoners were listening to see now what's going to be your response. How, what's your confession going to be now? You stood up for God, you preached for God. Now, really, God's got you in a prison cell. So what are you going to do about that? What's going to be your confession now? Side note, when you don't think people are taking note of what's going on, they really are. So many times we can get so distracted by our own circumstances and the pain and the problems that we're in We don't realize people are still listening. Come on, turn to someone and say, people are still listening. They are still observing our life. So the prisoners were listening. What now? They were singing. They were praising. And verse 26 says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Why was there an earthquake? Because of the life that they chose to speak in that moment of time. And the earthquake was such that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Listen to me, more than an earthquake happened. Every door opened, every chain that held people shackled was loosed. So more than an earthquake happened, come on, a healing took place. What are you talking about? You open the doors of convicted felons and see if they're all going to stay in their cells. Ain't going to happen. They're out because they're all innocent and we're ready to go. Let's go. But the Bible says not one of them left that place. For what reason? Because of the words that they had heard through Paul and Silas. I believe not only can freedom come through the words we speak, but greater than freedom, a healing can take place. Man, I don't know why I'm still here, but there was something that they said has impacted my life. I'm telling you, there's something that you can say that can impact the lives of others all around you. Why? Because your words are more powerful than you could ever imagine. God is God. God can do it however He wants to do it. 
And he created this world, not with his hands, not with the sweat of his brow, but with the words from his mouth. And I'm so glad that God responded to what he wanted to happen and not what he saw. Big point. Genesis 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. How many are glad God didn't step up and say, wow, sure is dark out there. If God would have said that, darkness would still be prevailing over light. But God looked and said, let me change this world by the words I speak. And God says, let there be light. And bam! Light is still going out from that time until now. Why? Because God spoke life. Even in fairy tales, have you ever watched those fairy tales or those myths or legends? Think about it. It's still the power of a spoken spell or an incantation or a magic phrase. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Come on, anyone remember? Just those phrases. What, what did they carry the power of in those movies to either cause destruction or to restore harmony and to bring back that which was lost, to speak life or death? So your words today, do they revive? Do your words heal? Do your words bring change to your life and everyone around you? Or are your words ungodly? Are they binding? Are they imprisoning? Are they destroying us and those around us? Notice, either way, others around us are going to be impacted too. Why? People are listening. People are listening. Creative words create. Destructive words destroy. Hurtful words crush. Helpful words build up. Toxic words poison. Soothing words heal. Faith-filled words bring life. And faithless words bring death. Countless times each and every day, by what we hear or by what we say, you and I have a choice. We have the choice. They made me know we have the choice. We have the opportunity to either speak life or the temptation to take it. So in this message, I want to break it down into two parts. In the first part, we're going to look at words that have perhaps already been spoken over our life and show the impact of words to our lives. And then the second part of the message, I'm going to look at the impact our words need to bring to those around and the words that we need to make sure from today forward are coming from our mouth. So the first part, words already. And here's the first part of that, point number one, past words. Past words. What do I mean by that? Those who are locked in the memories of our mind. Words that have already been spoken, past tense, but they are still working, present tense. You know what I'm talking about. Words that were spoken many years ago. But yet the replay of it is still going on and on in your mind. Remember this statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Come on, that's a lie. I said, that's a lie. Come on, you can put a cast on a broken bone and it can heal within a few weeks. But words can give such... So here perhaps is a greater 
better definition of that silly statement, and that is this. Are you ready? Sticks and stones can bruise your body for a few days, but words can scar your soul for a lifetime. Isn't that true? It's so true. And I remember the words when I was nine years of age of Mr. Cullingford, and I've told this before. But I remember one day we just had an English assignment and had to write a, uh, a story about something. I can't remember what the subject was, but we had to write a story. But I can clearly remember what he said to me as he walked around the classroom handing back our textbooks. And in the front of everyone, he embarrassed me so much that day. And he said to me, Pimlot, you have no imagination. You will never right. What you put down was horrific. It was, I can still remember the words. I can still tell you what he was wearing that day. I can still see where I was sitting in the classroom. I can still see the response of the kids all around because everyone's looking. Can I tell you that day that those words devastated me? It was devastating. And 30 plus years later, listen, I'm going to be 49, 45. Just testing. Generational gap. Pete's 49. I'm 44. We'll be 45 in August. But imagine this. Nine years of age, 45 soon. Do the math. Nearly 30, 30 plus years later. Those words can still ring in my mind. David wrote of those words, and we can testify to this when he said in Psalm 64 verse 3, He says they are like tongues of a sharpened sword. That they bend their bows to shoot their arrows or their bitter words. One translation says they aim their cruel words like deadly arrows. And let's be honest today, whether you're 18 or 80, you can probably recall the pain of someone else's harsh, destructive words. You'll never amount to anything. I wish I never had you. You're nothing like your brother. I'm sick of you. I never loved you in the first place. You'll never change. Come on, we know those words because they've been spoken past over our lives. Toxic words leaving us contaminated. The pain of those words. But can I tell you right now, they are words of the past that have no business in your future. And today we're going to deal with those and we're going to get rid of those things and say no more to those things. The second type of words is reckless words. Could use many titles for this, but I like the word reckless just because of the verse that I use from Proverbs 12, 18. It says, the words of the reckless. Here it is again. Pierce like swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. So what are reckless words? They're the ones that are the shards of glass that we hurl out in the heat of the argument. I'm going to show them. I'm going to hurt them. Reckless words are the words that as soon as we've said them, we have already regretted the fact that we've allowed them to leave. We try to grab them and stick them back in, but it's too late. The reckless words are those bitter, painful words, those cancerous messages that will leave others sick and hurting in their way. 
James 3 verse 10 talks about the tongue and he says these words, and blessing and cursing come out of the same man. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. It goes on to say, with the same mouth, we bless and praise God. And then in the same mouth, we curse those who are made in His image and His likeness. I like how the New King James says it. These things ought not to be so. They ought not to be so. So what do we possess? We possess the ability to bless or we possess the ability to destroy. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Have you ever said something to someone and you just see them completely deflate? You just crush their spirit. You just burst their spirit, burst their bubble. Just completely deflate them and you feel so deflated. Husbands and wives, watch your words because you can easily deflate each other by just using reckless words. Reckless could also be not thinking before you open your mouth. Come on, Chinese proverbs say, engage brain before opening mouth. And that's something that we'd be better to do. And I'll take it even one step further. Don't only think about it, sometimes pray about it before you speak. Give it to God and make sure it's the right. So what? We can have past words. We can have reckless words. But I thank God that we can also have affirming words. We can have those that we can perhaps look back in our life to and we can say if it had not been for that Sunday school teacher or that PE teacher or that math teacher or that lady down the street or man down the street that said to me every time they saw me, there's something about you. Oh, you're a good boy. You're a good girl. Come on. Keep believing. Oh, you've got what it takes. They were there to cheer you on. Come on. We can all remember those people too. The only problem is the negative voice screams louder than the positive. They're the secondary thoughts many times to the first, who are you? You'll never be anything. I'm so thankful for my upbringing. I really am. I wish my mum and dad were here today so I could just brag on them. I can brag on them even if they're not here. I'm so thankful for godly parents that loved me so much, gave me the best that they could. Come on, they watched who was around me. They, they, they protected our lives. They, they, they just, in every way, looked out for us in the best way. And I'm mindful of Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman wrote the five love languages. If you've never read that book, it's a, it's a great study and something you need to do. But he talks about every one of us have love languages. And one of the love languages he identifies is words of affirmation. And whether that's your primary language or not, I'm telling you, that's language that you need to be spoken over your life. Because I don't care who you are, every one of us loves to hear an encouraging word. Every one of us loves to be lifted in our spirits when we're having a bad day and someone can say, I'm praying for you today. Every one of us feels that strength and support through someone's affirming words in our mouth. Proverbs 16, 24, pleasant words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. I like that. Strength for my life. Sweetness and strength. Affirming words to build up, to encourage, to fashion, to motivate, to challenge. I believe in you. Wow, that's so powerful words. Sometimes that's all someone needs to take the step forward. 
How about this in a friendship? Have you ever had a friend that looked at you and said, man, I'm so glad that God put you in my life because I wouldn't be where I would be today if it wasn't for you. Wow, that does something to you, doesn't it? It was like, wow, I mean that much to someone. It gives you value and worth. What about a spouse? Excuse me, a spouse. And then they look at you and say, man, I would marry you all over again. Wow, that's life. Life-giving words. And those type of words is the words that God has planned and purposed and spoken over every one of our lives. The only problem is the reality is different. We're not living in that. I said, we're not living in that. We're living in reckless. We're living in past. We're living in lethal language worlds. And I believe today it's time to change that. I believe with the help of God today, you will change that. So how can we cease from speaking lethal language and make our words be lethal weapons that are going to bring blessing? that's going to bring peace, that's going to bring comfort, and it's going to bring help. Three key things. Are you ready? Number one, you've got to take out the trash. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, take out the trash. Come on, that's something we have to say a lot in our house. Luke, take out the trash. That's Luke's job. Son, take out the trash. What do we know about trash? What we know is this. We can't control what others say about us. We can give them ammunition. That's what Kelly will say a lot. Can't control what people say, but you can sure load the gun. Amen. You're not pulling the trigger, but you can put some bullets in their gun and use them against you. So you can't always control what others say, but we can control what we believe and what we allow to stay. And we've got to ask the question, does that belong in my house or does it belong by the curb? Because I'm going to put it out for the trash man to come and take it away. Since toxic words are waging war against our soul, the Bible says, meaning they want to destroy us, we've got to passionately and intently guard our hearts against them. I know we've read a lot of Proverbs today, but that's okay because Proverbs was written by Solomon. Solomon is the wisest man that has ever lived on this earth. And I think maybe his wisdom can help me because I'm sure far from the wisest man. But look what Solomon writes to his actual son, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. He says, My son, give attention to my words and incline your ears to my saying. Parents, you better have the right words to say to your kids because they are listening. And he goes on to give the right words to his son in verse 23. He says these words. He says, Keep your heart with all diligence. One translation says, above all else, guard your heart. Why? For out of your heart springs the issues of life. Your heart sets the course of your life. So if you're allowing the trash to come in and stay in your heart, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if there's trash inside, trash is going to come out. Because if I'm not allowing my heart to be purified by God and keeping my heart, then the words that I'm going to say are going to be trash-talking words. They're going to bring destruction and damnation. I've got to guard the source of my life, which is my heart, or else. Come on, take out the trash. I remember being about 19. 
19 years of age, I was very involved in our church in England. I led praise and worship. I was one of the leaders in our youth group. I pretty much ran our kids' church on a Wednesday night. Just did a lot of things in the church. Loved it. It was my heart. Uh, and just really was so excited about it. At that time, I was at college also, and I was working for BMW. I was a car salesman, believe that or not. And um, I remember one day having a conversation with my uncle. He actually owned the dealership that I was working at. And he said, Philip, what do you want to do in your life? And I sat down with him. I said, you know, Uncle Graham, I thank you for this job, and I really appreciate the job, but this isn't what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was at college at that time to do accounting. I mean, can you believe that? And um, love accountants, you're great, but that wasn't for me either. And, and so, so I'm just at this crossroads in my life, knowing why I was doing all of those things was just to try and prepare for my future and make sure that I was planning and, and doing the right things. But yet still, I was knowing that that wasn't what God had. And my uncle said to me, well, Philip, what do you want to do? And I began to share with him, this is what God has called me. So I think that's great. I think you need to do that. So, so I'm on a high from that. And the next Sunday night, I believe it was at church, that they had an opportunity for people to share in church. It used to be years ago, they would just call people up and come, come share a testimony, come and give a word that's on your heart. Can't do that now because you never know who crazy is going to come up and talk. No, I'm only playing. And anyway, but... So I had an opportunity to talk, and I, I'd, I'd led praise and worship, actually, that night, and, and just was wore out and given so much. I used to lead praise and worship with a piano accordion. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. And um, it's pretty Cajun now, though. I mean, I'm trendy in this area. And I remember just standing up and, and just sharing a testimony, and I just talked about how God had just really been challenging me lately, and I knew that the job that I was at wasn't a permanent job, and the college I was going at was just a dead end, and... It wasn't where God had for me. And I stood there and I said, I believe that God's leading me into full-time ministry. And I'm going to pastor a church. I'm going to lead a church. That's what God has, has given me. And, and I was just on a real high from that. You know, it just it felt good to get that off my chest. And everyone pretty much in the church just really applauded. And they were behind it. And people came up to me afterwards and hugged me and said, wow, that's awesome. I can see that. And it was, it was just affirming words and I was really feeling good about myself, and Monday comes around, and I'd gone to college, I believe, that morning, and I, I worked a couple of days a week, went to college a couple of days, and I'd finished college for the day, and I was at home, and a knock on the door came, and my mum answered the door, and it was my grandfather, my grandfather who pioneered the church, started the church, and, uh, and just was a real man of God, and just someone I really looked up to. He was at the door, and he said to my mum, is Philip here? And, and mum said, yeah, he's just got home from school. He said, well, I just really need to talk with him. So my mum made him a cup of tea, and we sat down, had a cup of tea, sat in the kitchen. And my grandfather, I didn't know what he was going to say. He, he looked at me, and he said, I didn't sleep all night. I said, okay. He said, what you said last night so grieved my spirit. He said, you need to get those foolish notions out of your head and realize this. Look around you. See this house? See these cars? See everything that you have? You won't have any of that full-time in ministry. You need to work like your dad did. You need to do that. You need to get that foolish notion out of your head because that will never come to nothing. And he even went on to say, and your uncle, if he would have heard you talk about that you don't like your job and you want to leave, he would have been so... It, it, it just for about 20, 30 minutes, he just let me have it which way and the other. Finished his tea and 
he left. And my mum came in the room and my mum said, Philip, so what did granddad say? Typical 19-year-old. I said, stuff, you know, nothing much. Um, I, I didn't really know how to process it, to be honest with you. And my mum said to me, I heard what he said. She said to me that day, words, and the reason I'm standing here today, she said, what do you think? I said, mom, I know what God's called me to do. She said, do it, do it, do it. Now, I will say this, please understand. My grandfather, till the day he died, was my greatest cheerleader. My grandfather, you see, was old school. Old school was ministry wasn't enough to support a family. You had to work. He wasn't meaning really harm. He had good intentions. But you've got to be careful because good intentions are not always God intentions. And my only regret in all of that situation is this, that my grandfather died before... He was able to come over here because I I really wanted him to come and see the church, not as in your face, because he cheered me on. Because I was over at a friend of mine's wedding and my grandfather had a stroke while I was in England and I went to visit him in hospital and I didn't know at that moment that would be the last time I saw my grandfather alive. And he was such a strong man. To the day he took the stroke, he was up on a roof at um, 82 years of, 84 years of age, I believe, Hanging, guttering. Just, just an incredible, incredible guy. And um, he gripped my hand that day in the hospital room and he said to me, boy, he said, you got it. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. You see, we've got a choice of what we're going to do with those words. Did I have some rough edges? Did I have things that God still needed to do in my life? You better believe it. Do I still have? Yes, and you can say amen. I'll let you say amen to that. We all do. But I had a pivotal choice that day, just like you do today. And I'm glad I took out the trash. Because trash will begin to pile up. And after it's piled up, it's going to start stinking. And it's going to make your life stink. There are so many people today who are so miserable in everything that they do. Why? Because they've believed the lie of everyone else instead of living the truth that God has spoken over their life. And today, 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 listen to me, you can put out the trash. You've got to categorize the words that have been spoken to your life. You've got to ask, is it truth or is it trash? If it's trash, we know where it belongs. Don't even hold on to it. Don't even consider it. Throw it out. But if it's truth, here's how we know it's truth. Is it based on Scripture? Is it something that confirms with your heart what God has told you? Does it go by the data or over time? Is it something that supports just what you believe that God has done in your life? And if it is, hold on to it. Because why? You've got to delete the toxic words and you've got to insert the truth. Here's the second one. Are you ready? You've got to choose life. You've got to choose life. God made it possible. He said, I have come that you may have life, but you've got to make that choice. Deuteronomy 30, 15, God says, see, I've set before you life and good, death and evil. See the choice, life and good, death and evil. 
And then four verses later in verse 19, he says, I called heaven and earth as a witness today against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. I mean, if we don't get it, God says, let me show you. There's death and life, but choose life. God tells us the way to take. But notice why we should choose life. Because God says not only for you, but for your children. Come on, for your descendants. I've got to realize the words I choose to speak today won't only impact my life, but they're going to impact generations. And I've got to choose life today. Yes, I've got to take out the trash, but now I've also got to release the positive and begin to speak it out. You see, too many of us today are sitting on a blessing that we need to give. Well, if I tell them that, it's going to make them big-headed. Let them be big-headed. Let them feel good about themselves as parents. Speak that over your children. So how are you speaking about your finances? How are you speaking about your wife and kids? How are you speaking about your health? How are you speaking about your church and pastor? You've got to choose life. I said you've got to choose life. You're always going to see the negative things. Why? Because if that's who you are, that's what's going to attract to you. But why not see the positive and choose to speak life? Why? Because your words carry power. The moment you think of something good, bless someone you love with the positive words. Right now we've got technology. Use it the right way. If someone comes across your heart and life and you just want to bless them, man, I could be doing something all of a sudden. I'm just welled up with just thanks and gratitude for Kelly. I don't have to wait to get home and say to her, you know what, I really love you today. I can tell her right there and then. I can send her a text and say, babe, I think you are incredible. Come on, I can text my kids. I try to text my kids every day, the girls at least. Try to text them every day. Judah's a little bit too young. (laughs) Luke never hardly has his phone. But I text, especially the older three girls, every day. And I tell them I love them. I don't see them in the house like I do Molly and the others. I don't see them every day. So every day, I want them to know that they are loved. Use it. If God lays something on your heart, share it with someone. But can I give a little disclaimer there? You don't have to post that stuff for everyone else to see. Keep it G-rated, please. Some of your R-rated stuff you put out there. Listen, you don't have to prove to the world that you love them. Just make sure they know that you love them. Amen? Come on, that's good preaching right there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Never rob someone of the blessing of an unspoken treasure. Build someone up with your words. I'm telling you right now, show me a struggling marriage and a struggling relationship. A struggling family, and I'll show you one that's filled with toxic, lethal language. Your words matter, because they either give life or take it. And it's your choice. Choose life. Last part, three, self-building words. Use your words to identify your life and your future. Identify yourself. What are you? I'm not a failure. I'm not a mistake. God says, I am what? I am a chosen generation. 
I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. God says I'm the head and not the tail. God says I'm above and not beneath. God says I'm the apple of his eye. Identify who you are. You may not feel like that all the time. I don't feel like that all the time. But my feelings will lie to me and God's word is the truth. So I've got to speak those building words over my life and future. Have you heard yourself lately? I mean, really, have you heard yourself lately? Have you heard the wrong talk? I'm so exhausted. I just don't think I can even survive this week. My job is killing me. Wow, perhaps we are speaking self. What? Harm upon ourselves. Maybe we're speaking prophecy over ourselves. Kelly and I have laughed about this and we're trying to change this. Think about this. Judah can be on the top of the couch. We're worried he's going to fall and bust his head open. So what do we say as parents? Son, get down from there because you are going to fall and bust your head open. I mean, how negative is that? I mean, we're trying to freak him out so he doesn't do it. But in freaking him out, we're speaking something over his life into existence. Think about that. Our words will either build or they will tear down. Athletes, when they're trying to make a shot, you know, they tell us that the best way to make the shot is you've got to envision you making that shot. You've got to tell yourself, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this. And you see it going in before you release the ball. Why? Because if you see yourself missing it and tell yourself, I'm not going to make it, more chance than not, you're not going to make it. Mark eleven twenty three. You're with me today? I'm almost done. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say unto you, Jesus speaking, Whoever says to these mountains, be moved and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Well, that's powerful right there. I can speak to mountains. Maybe a mountain right now in your life is physical. Maybe your life is struggling physically right now and you're, you're going through some struggles in your life and, and you're facing some hardships and, and pain in your life. You know what you can do right now? You can speak to that and say, by his stripes, I am healed. Maybe right now you're going through fear and depression. Maybe your lights have been put off like the lights just were in this house. You can speak and say, let there be light and you can change circumstances. Why? Because you see, here's the problem. Too many of us talk about our mountain instead of talking to our mountain. Come on, we post it all over. You can't believe what's going on in my life. This, 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 this. Hey, well, you know what? Maybe we need to start speaking to our mountain instead of conversating about it. And give it to God. David's an awesome example. Look what it says, 1 Samuel 17, 45, 46. Then David said to the giant, man, that's a mountain. He's a little boy. And here's a big, grown, massive dude. And David's the one that's now going to face him, to fight him. And David looks at him and says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and with a javelin. In other words, you've got all the goods, buddy. I can see that. But he says, I've got something greater. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And this day, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hands and I'm going to strike you down and I'm going to take your head off of you. Do you get the picture right here? They were big words. I love how he spoke in that situation. He told the outcome before it even happened. And he didn't know the outcome. God didn't say with him, hey, listen, you're going to go out and face a giant today and I'm going to whoop him. All he knew was he had a relationship with God and God hadn't failed him in the past. 
And that same God who hadn't failed him in the past, he had to believe that that same God was with him today. And he had to speak self-building words, not knowing the outcome, but yet his words produced the outcome. Power in our words. Power in our words. Are you facing a giant today? Are you facing a giant today? Then here's what you need to tell it. Are you ready? (laughs) You are not bigger than my God. And with God's help, next slide please, I will defeat you. Come on, you ain't bigger than my God. And with God's help, I'm going to take you down. Before I close, I've got to just say this. There's a doctrine out there that's called word of faith. It's a hyper-faith preaching and teaching that goes something like this. Well, whatever you say, you can have. Blab it, grab it, name it, and claim it. You've got to be careful with that because I'm telling you right now, I believe that doctrine is false and very dangerous. Because here's what you've got to realize. Listen to me today. I'm not saying that your words are more powerful than God's plan for your life. I can't speak something into my life if that's not the plan of God for my life. I can hope it, but that's all it will be. But why do I need to hope something when I can speak it into being? Because what do I do? I align my life up to the words of God. I don't have to speak something over my life. You see, God already knows what he has for your life. And as you get in relationship with him and read his word and spend time with him, you'll know the plan and the purpose God has for your life. And you won't have to speak anything wrong. You can speak what's right. But I've got to make that choice in my life. Am I aligning my life with his will and his plan? Or do I want to do it my way? You see, I want to throw out the trash with my mouth. I want to choose life as I speak life with my words. And I want my life to perfectly align with God as I speak self-building words, the words of God over my life, my family, and my future. So instead of saying, I have too much to do, maybe you need to say, I'm equipped and gifted by God and I am able to do anything and everything God wants me to do. Come on, shape the world you live in with the right words. Band, you can come up. Come on, you've got the power to create life through your words. You've also got the ability to take life by using lethal language. You have the power to slay giants or you have the power to lay down in front of giants. You have the power to move mountains or you have the power to curse them for being in your way. The choice is yours. You see, it's all a matter of what we say and how we say it. Is it going to be a stumbling block that's going to trip me up or a stepping stone that I'm going to use to take me to the next level? What are you doing with your words? Would you bow your heads all over this place today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. 
If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.